Hello, welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Just a reminder that the Plan Plus Global Financial Planning Award is open for competition. I highly encourage any comprehensive financial planner to apply for that contest. At the very least, you'll receive hopefully some invaluable feedback on your process, and the best you may win. And as a three-time former winner, uh, I highly encourage you because it was a very positive experience for me. So with that, time to move on to our show. Today on the show, I have Scott Huff. Scott is the CEO and founder of Yorifolio. Yorifolio is an online software for collaboration around the development of state plans. And with that, here's my interview with Scott. Hello, Scott. Good morning or good afternoon. I guess we're getting kind of into that into that spot there. Almost the there. Day. I'm not quite hungry enough to call it afternoon. So, <laughs> um, so, so uh, Scott Hoff of Yorifolio, tell us about Yorifolio. Well, yeah, and thank you again today for uh, for hosting me. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And I'll give you the uh, the short and sweet version of Yorifolio. It is a technology solution for those advisors who wish to be able to offer uh, estate planning through a virtual experience. So um, in the past, uh, or as maybe even currently now, most uh, financial advisors will uh, bring an attorney into their office or, or find a way to do that. And we basically built a platform that gives the advisor all the tools, including being able to connect to attorneys if they don't have one or, or their own and uh, be able to offer a client a virtual planning experience, which provides a lot of benefits like streamlines the time, you know, helps reduce the errors, which allows them to focus on other things like business growth and, and making the most of the opportunities they find in the estate plan. Excellent. So we're going to dive into that experience shortly. Tell me about your history and what uh, led you to start this company. Yeah. So um, I've been an advisor since uh, 2001. Ironically, got my, uh, my securities licenses on September 1st of 2001, we all know what happened uh, 10 days later. So uh, certainly entered at a, uh, a challenging period um, in the market and in, in the world. Well, way to and put so, that lightly. That's, that's the putting it lightly award of the podcast history. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just happened to come in at the right exact time, right? So I, I had no idea this was going to happen. But anyway, you know, just like everybody in the course of their business, and I believe that we all have that aha moment. They, they say like 98% of people uh, have an aha moment, like there's got to be a better way, but 2% act <laughs> on them. And so in the course of my business, uh, you know, I had a couple unfortunate things happen and, and fortunate things. And uh, it led me to, to believe there was a better way for advisors to do estate planning, especially in a technological age, you know, as technology becomes more relevant in our practices and, and drives our lives, bringing that solution um, to the masses was really uh, what led me to Yorifolio. And, and again, you know, more also for a solution of what we do in our practice, but to be able to share that solution with other advisors. All right. So let's, let's talk about that solution now. So I think having looked at it, I think maybe let's look at this from the client perspective. Client goes in to deal with an advisor. Advisor gets to the estate uh, part of this. How does that experience look and how does your software kind of intermix with that experience? Yeah, you know, and I'll bend it a little bit forward because in the typical processes, as the relationship exists with the advisor, you're bringing in a third party. Obviously, the advisor knows the attorney well, but the client is getting used to that person or doesn't know that person has to trust the advisor's, uh, you know, relationship with that third party. And then, of course, the client is now spilling the beans, so to say, to the attorney. And so the process is really disconnected, but I think the advisors are, are somewhat not oblivious to it, but uh, just assume it's the way things are done and it's the way that it should be done. So the experience for your folio for the client is a little less intrusive because the face-to-face -face meetings with the attorneys are limited and the planning can be done without even having the face-to-face -face meeting with the attorneys. More the attorneys, uh, you know, reviewing what is in the estate, what the approach might be, 
virtually delivering documents through the platform. So the attorney is fully involved, you know, including a client engagement letter. But what it helps is, is that it breaks that disconnect from the client to the third party, to the advisor stepping away and who is the client really dealing with. All of that is kind of uh, streamlined into the technology. So it, it makes the process just a little bit easier for the client and, and a better process for the advisor to offer it that way. Good. So take me through the digital experience. Client gets involved. They receive, they receive a little um, obvious sign in and set up your account online. What exactly are you basically doing for them online from their perspective? And we can talk about the advisor's backend experience afterwards. Yeah. So, and a great question. The first portion of the experience is, and, and it's important to remember that our system is is professional driven, so it's advisor driven. There are very few client facing pieces of our software, but one of those client facing pieces is the ability to uh, provide information ahead of time, whether you wanna do it privately or you wanna do it in front of the, the advisor, however that works. And even if you already have an existing estate plan to be able to review and update that plan, but they can electronically do it. So they get an email, they can go to the advisor's website and they begin to enter information. Of course, our, our site is secure, the encryption, the SOC 2 and audit certificates by independent parties. You know, we, we pride ourselves on our, on our uh, security, but the client goes through that experience virtually and they can do it at a time that's convenient for them so they don't have to build a schedule out to travel and so forth. And then once that client feels that experience of being able to Put their information together. That's where the communication process comes in. But of course, the biggest thing in our software and where the core part of the platform started was, was the organizing your life. And because the most challenging aspect of settling in the state is knowing where everything is at and what they have. So just the mere fact that they're able to organize their estate helps alleviate a lot of the challenges. And so that experience alone goes a long way for the client. So let's talk about those different areas of organization because you've really done a pretty extensive job of breaking down the different areas of the estate plan. You want to walk us through some of those? Yeah, the, the most challenging part of, of any estate is, uh, is organizing and understanding the tangible assets. And we define tangible assets, those things that you can feel and touch. The other aspect to what we do is the digital part of it, the digital asset um, exposure. And so from the tangible asset side, those are the hardest things to divide. They typically cause the most problems within a settling of the state. Oh, you the know, old Broadway family cottage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who wants, how can you break up a window or a door to the cottage? So you know, it's funny. You know, I, we, I once, I once heard a sort of interject, but I once uh, was at a tax conference and the very, very surly tax lawyer said, look, in my opinion, or sorry, it was a state lawyer said, in my opinion, the only way to handle a cottage is to either A, sell it and disperse the funds or B, burn it and disperse the insurance proceeds. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that sometimes might be the, uh, the better solution for some of these families, you know, and it goes without saying, you know, when people are going to inherit money, right, they seem like they act civil when they're at like Thanksgiving dinner or, or, or whatever that is or, or Christmas, but the moment it comes to the subject of money, you have no idea how people are going to act, especially if they don't have it, right? And it doesn't matter how small it is, relatively speaking, I've seen, I've seen fights over what I'll consider relatively inconsequential sums. Yeah, you're right. And, and inconsequential items uh, as far as monetary items, but heirlooms or things that have sentimental value can cause issues. So, you know, we want to help the professional, the advisor, help alleviate those problems before they start. So, you know, what we do is we actually have a module within our software that we call a gamification module. It goes out to each beneficiary. It's confidential. They answer it in the comfort of their own home, mobile device, wherever it is, and they'll let the family know how they wish to partake in the estate plan, but also what items mean something to them. We don't attach a value to them. We just attach a name to the item, 
And so that way, once, once that is completed by the beneficiary, it goes back to the planner and he says, oh, guess what? Everybody wants the cottage, but guess what? Three of the beneficiaries don't get along. How are we going to handle this now so we don't, we don't cause any problems within your family or your state? So, you know, that helping them understand the tangible assets, we help them value those tangible assets. So we have links that provide not appraised values, but, uh, you know, approximate values. And then, you know, also importantly, where they fit in the estate. So if, you know, one kid's getting the business, how is the other kid cutting compensated? So our platform focuses a lot on the, the tangible assets as well as the financial, but those things to help families alleviate any challenges they might have within their estate plan. And it's, you know, from our standpoint, all too often, the numbers are the first thing we look at. And the lawyers got their desire to basically fix the will. But, you know, where these things fall apart is typically not in drafting of the will or the numbers. It's, it's in the interpersonal relationship over these things. And families are ruined over pieces of jewelry or other sentimental things that, that sit there that people don't stop to think about. And in a, any good advisor, any good practice, they're coaching clients that, you know what, this isn't just about money, taxes, and, you know, the administrative effort. It's about making sure that when you leave, you leave this world, that your, your kids and your loved ones are going to look back on you fondly and not resent you for the mess you left behind. Because unfortunately, I've, I've had it happen a couple of times where people have said, I clearly, that mother, father, whoever it was, clearly didn't care enough about us to not leave us a giant mess that ended up breaking up the family. It's a very, very heartbreaking thing to see someone talk about their former loved ones like that. Yeah, you know, estate planning really brings in the human element of planning. As far as the quantitative, you know, when we look at finances and we look at, you know, balancing a portfolio or an asset, uh, you know, asset distribution strategy or a retirement strategy, a lot of those focus on the quantitative. Yes, you know, what is your goal? What is your goal in retirement? Those might be a human conversation, but they're really focused around money. Estate planning has a different element to it where it really brings in the human element of legacies and how you want to be remembered and those things where those types of conversations really get, you get to know your client, they deepen the relationship. And this is a relationship business. At the end of the day, people have maybe have been fired for a bad portfolio, but you know, nobody's been fired, you know, because they have a good relationship with the person. And that's important to remember when planning is, is that it's about the relationship and how can you strengthen that relationship, not only with the client, but with future generations as we're going through a large wealth transfer at this time. Agreed. So in general, what's the feedback from advisors been thus far? It depends on the advisor. So, you know, there's, there's always two types of advisors out there, right? So there's advisors who are just trying to manage assets, assets and sell products. The yeah. feedback from those guys is the product isn't applicable to them because that's not their that's not their core competency. But those who plan have tremendous feedback. It gives them an opportunity to do something that they didn't have, you know, strengthen their suite of services. So when you look at fee compression or charging fees to manage assets, you know, what services are you offering and what can you charge for and how can you strengthen the the uh, the reasoning behind those fees? So all the feedback has been good on the platform. You know, just like anything, there's always stuff you can add. It'll never be perfect or modified. We are one of the first platforms to go at this. So, you know, when you look at all encompassing estate planning software, there is very few, if any, that plan our space. So that is always a challenge to get people to change their behaviors on the way they currently do things. But for those who use it on a regular basis or, or want to, uh, to really take advantage of the opportunities, the feedback has been tremendous so far. And it's funny, yeah. Usually when we talk about estate planning softwares, we're talking about online will kits and stuff like that. You, you've gone beyond that, clearly. You've 
gone to, you know, there's an extensive fact find and a collaboration platform for people to, to better understand what the questions are, the subject matters are, the, the number, the detail of things that has to be done in order to put it well together. And oftentimes I find clients understanding of what goes into estate planning is, is poor to say the least, because they'll, you know, say, they'll, they'll think it's just, you know, it's like buying a product. It's like buying a toaster. Then they're going to buy a will. Right. And when I think the good thing that you do on your platform is asking all these questions in a discovery model shows clients at home, oh, man, there's, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of work that goes into this. And there's a lot of thought that goes into this to make this happen. Right. So if anything, I think your, your value of advice proposition is kind of twofold. One, the value advisors are providing through this is definitely valuable, but also just the, the, the process in itself educates people as to the complexity of this. And that alone makes sure it help solidify the relationship with the advisor providing that service. Yeah, you know, I think it is misunderstood by individuals, the clients, and also to the professionals that provide it, right? So even if you have a simple person, you know, a, a young married couple that might have a child or, you know, that doesn't have a lot of assets, estate planning affects them equally as it does to the couple who's 65 years old that might be closer to that, that end of life. There's things like, you know, protections from creditors or lawsuits or you know, there's incapacitation or guardianship for young children. There's a lot that goes into the planning. It doesn't matter how simple the client is. The estate planning can be very engaging process, even more than saying, hey, listen, you know, let me, you know, and this is what the advisors, I think what really stumbles some of their growth, right? There's only so many clients out there that have, you know, a half million dollars in assets, right? It makes the, uh, the population shrink. But it doesn't mean that people that have $25,000 in assets don't need planning. So if you're really a true planner, you can expand your book of business by helping those people that don't have the, the high um, end of assets, but by helping them plan for the future through estate planning, through financial planning all of those things. And so, you know, by able to have a suite of tools, you streamline the process, right? It's hard to do a financial plan through Excel. Imagine doing an estate plan through another process. So technology brings an advantage, but it also helps advisors, um, you know, work with a different client base. And estate planning is more involved than financial planning. There's a lot more to somebody's, you know, that somebody's got to get their, their shirt and their ties and has to get their, you know, whatever junk it is inside the house. There's a lot more to a person than just their financial assets when it comes to estate planning. Absolutely. And it's funny, you uh, use the word that I typically laugh at is the word simple. Uh, the number of people who said to me that they'd have a simple case and then you ask two questions and it's like, well, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone likes to think that their life is, is, is relatively simple, but even things that look simple and superficial on the outside, there's often some sort of complexity there that they hadn't accounted for or just think is normal. I hadn't really thought about that. So we talked about the advisor's response. What's been the response from lawyers who've worked in collaboration with advisors or use this themselves? Yeah, so that is the one thing that we do do. We sell our software to both sides of the profession. So, you know, we do sell our software to advisors and we have equipped it so that advisors can use it, but we've also equipped it and modified it for attorneys. And so each practice is their own way, just like anybody. So there has been challenges with developing a software platform that fits the mold of what attorneys do and fits the mold of what advisors do. The attorney use is tremendous. Although we have, have not, we've distributed lightly, I guess, to that side of the uh, that side of the profession, um, we do have a very, very high close ratio of engagement. So when people do see the software on the attorney end, they're likely to subscribe or use it. And we've had all favorable feedback from them as well. 
the thing that they like the most and I think advisors like the most is it, it helps with the collaboration because you really can't establish an estate plan without an attorney. And so the tools to be able to work together and analyze and be able to function together are inside our platform. So that provides, you know, a distinct advantage for the attorneys to be able to work with the advisors, send tasks, share documents, review, all of those things. And, and that's really been our core from the start is to make sure that we get everybody involved in the estate plan. It's not just an attorney. It's not just an advisor. We want everybody to be involved. It's a better estate plan when the client is serviced by many professionals. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's interesting too, because the lawyers, there's kind of like a market clearing price for the average will. And a lot of lawyers, even if they spend more time on it, I feel like they can't charge beyond that. So I would think that uh, anything that makes their life more efficient is something that they would absolutely welcome. So I think you would be something that they would be happy to see if he means, oh, I can get this will done faster and spend less time on it because the discovery is going to be more efficient and the collaboration is going to be better. Yeah, I, I got to think you would definitely get a positive response from them. Yeah, we and the thing that people, the attorneys, we, we have the ability to API, uh, you know, which is a application program interface to move data into their drafting solution. So if you onboard yeah, electronically, you review electronically, and you're able to create your documents electronically, the process is completely streamlined, especially if you're analyzing it. You're not pulling out papers, sending documents, printing things. We save them a ton of time. And we also save them one thing that I hear a lot of them say is that they reuse documents or they'll edit documents from the past, right? So they go to a client signing and it's John Smith. And then the word, you know, Mary Jones appears in one of the documents because they yep. forgot to find and replace. So we help eliminate all of those things that people overlook for the attorneys. We, we actually find it shocking when they, when they want to stay with their, what we call old school systems, to think, gosh, we could save you hours upon hours of work and hours upon hours of inaccuracies and going back and making corrections. Yeah, everyone's had one of those incidents happen. The uh, it's you know they use these templates, and it's it's troubling too because frankly, it does absolutely make sense to use a template or one they used for a case just like it. And unfortunately, that kind of error really calls into question the value of the work done by the lawyer. Because I mean, oh, you're just using it. People hear the word template, they think no effort, no expertise, as opposed yeah. to you know this could have been a very very involved template for a very very advanced situation. So frankly, yeah, there may not be spoke as you would have thought it would be, but it still took a lot of expertise and a lot of training, a lot of knowledge to do that. And you know what? Uh, I share your frustration. The number of times I have spoken to, let's call them Luddites, and it's like, oh, here's something that's going to save you time, effort, and, and inefficiency. Uh, but you know, it works fine the current way. Yeah, it, I, we've all seen it, especially when you're in technology business. The frustration of the lack of the late adopters is, is just hard to understand. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, it makes me think of, I related always to the horse and buggy in the car. When the people that saw the car, they were like, oh yeah, I totally understand how it's going to get me there faster and warmer and, yeah. you know, and, and all those things are going to save me time. And, and but I, I, you know what, I kind of like my horse. He's, he's nice and my buggy's fine. And, you know, I'll put a jacket on and, and I'll get there and, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know what, that, that works for you, that works for you, and, and for people it does. It's like those people who are outside running when it's minus 10 degrees outside. I shake my head, but for them it works. And so, you know, and I guess we can know from the weather that we both experience, we're relatively close to each other. All of those things uh, seem to work for some people, but uh, I believe, and I, I, I would believe you'd, you'd agree, that those people that implement and modernize their practice and continue to modernize it, and continue to make it more effective and efficient, will be the ones who survive the test of time. Well, I mean, this is, and this is the constant rant I give when I speak publicly is, is you know what? You think you've got it just fine that, and you can handle it just fine. But you know what? If your competition can move 25% to 50% faster than you, they can afford to take on 
double the number of business, uh, double, double the amount of business or charge half the amount to get and make the same amount of money. And the reality is you're sitting back complaining about margin compression, margin compression, which is a common refrain in this industry. Well, guess what? You can't just sit around and, and wish for the days for it to get better. You either, you either steer into that disruption and you get on the front end of it and you be the one who, who's basically uh, driving that margin compression because you're making outsized profits through efficiency or you're the one who has their entire cake eaten. So there's a choice, either, either eat or be eaten. There's no, there's no real option here. No, and clients are getting smarter, right? Yeah. They're getting more educated. They're starting to understand things. So they're going to understand your fees. Oh, yeah. And they're going to start understanding the fees of annuities and other products that you're selling. And so if you're not moving in the trending manner, the clients will become educated and it'll, it'll hurt. And, and you'll just only realize it when it happens to you. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, like, again, doing, comp you know, espousing what we do here, but doing comprehensive financial planning for a price point, that's pretty much the exact same thing that the investment only guys charge is a massive advantage. And one of the things I envy about the U.S. market is there's definitely a greater understanding of the benefit of comprehensive planning in the U.S. market than there is in Canada. And because of that, people are more actively seeking out planners, and that's driving more people to take a planning-centric approach. And I look at that and say to myself, okay, well, you know, again, these guys who used to sell product or whatever, or just do one thing and make a killing and now are complaining that their business is growing and losing business to guys like us. It's because clients are going online, looking at, you know, looking what they're paying you, looking at alternatives and saying, wait a sec, you know, I can either do what this guy's doing through a robo advisor for a fraction of the cost, or I can keep paying the same thing, but get all these other things taken care of. And these are what, this is what really keeps me up at night. It's a losing proposition to not change and evolve. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we both know, I mean, and, and you get this in your business as well. I probably get five or six calls from every day from a wholesaler or a product person, right? You know, and my, my product gives you better alpha or gives you better beta or yep. it has some kind of promise to it, right? And I get that, that pitch all day. So my client understands the market goes ups and down, up and down. And my client understands that there are going to be periods of 10 or 15% downturns in the market. And they do expect me to, you know, buffer the portfolios. but what they want me to do more than more than that is to make sure they're on path for what their goal is. So whether, you know, whether it is I need a half million dollars or a million dollars to retire, as we go along this path together and we have the ups and downs of the market, it's a matter of whether I'm keeping them on track for their goals. They're That's losing right. sleep at night because of their goal. They're not necessarily losing sleep at night because their portfolio went down. They get that. So it's the advisors that are helping them move forward towards their goals not just the guys that are managing the portfolio and have to answer to performance. That's yeah. all their answer to. Their reviews are just performance reviews. It's funny. So often, you know, this industry, I liken it to having your leg broken and just taking a painkiller, right? This industry thinks its job is to sell the painkiller. Meanwhile, the client's worried about the broken leg. <laughs> You know, the market is an end, is a means to an end, not the means in itself. And that's, that's what people constantly forget. And no one ever worries about, oh, no, the market's down 10%. They worry about, they worry about what that money is going to basically get them over time. That's what they want. They yeah. want their wealth is going to secure, that wealth is security or it's the future, it's their kids' education, it's all of that. And frankly, again, you know, we kind of went off a topic on this ranting on, on the investment only guys, I guess, or the people who don't take a planning centric yeah. approach, but it's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's relevant to your, to your your proposition because, hey, anyone implementing your software is immediately demonstrating far more value than any of those guys will in the entire life of their engagement. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I didn't want to get off tangent on the uh, on the Yuri Folio or the estate planning conversation. Okay, but you we, and I we, we go off tangent all the time on the show. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, we're, here we are. We're, we're beating up on our audience. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully our audience is, is more in tune and can follow along with what we're saying. And, Trust me. And you know, I would have befriended them a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the case. <laughs> they might not be listening to the podcast very long, no, right? No, they, they, they gave up early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Tell me about, for the listeners out there, what's the price point on, uh, on this product? Price point is just similar to market. It's, uh, it's $125 a month all in, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and it's unlimited use, unlimited storage, unlimited access. You can put everybody in it. Uh, you know, very simple. Um, there are other customization features and private label features that you can do to the product, but the core price of it is that. And, uh, you know, the reason we price it that way is because I'm an advisor as well, like, like I said earlier, and we know that, you know, we have limited budgets. There's yep. a lot of technology that's out there. And so how do we sort through it? So our goal isn't to rip you off or, uh, you know, to, to overcharge for what we do. Our, our job is to, uh, to charge fairly upon what we know advisors can get out of the software. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two reasons you buy software, right? Streamline your practice or it makes you money. We hope to make you money. Obviously, streamline your practice is part of it, yeah. but we want you to get ROI on it. Recognizing opportunities, building it into your planning platform so you can charge or strengthen your fees. Um, you know, our goal is to help you make money. Maybe you do both as well, but, you know, that, that we want some ROI for sure on our product. So I think we price it the, uh, the right way. Yeah, no, it seems, uh, frankly, frankly, if anyone sees the value of your software and, is not, and, and scoffs at the price point, <laughs> they're, they're the wrong kind of advisor. So before we uh, get into other, some other questions, now you've already built in a series of integrations into other um, other solutions. You want to speak to that? Yeah, we've built uh, many, many of the uh, the CRMs that are available on the uh, market. Um, you know, the Wealthbox, the Redtails. We do custom integrations on Salesforce because it is a custom application itself. Um, you know, the custodians, the Schwabs, the TD Ameritrade, the typical custodians, and then we have a few reporting partners, Orion, and we do have some legal integrations as well. And we're consistently adding them. We're working on Fidelity right now. We have Black Diamond and Advison on our roadmap. So um, as we move along, um, you know, those um, integrations always come. And if there's something somebody wants um, and they want to help us get that integration, you know, we, we do get a lot of requests for eMoney and Money Guy Pro. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you got to play in the sandbox with everybody and some don't play as well as others. So uh, if a client well, wants a to A little bit more likely to see than others, yes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So if, if a client wants to get that integration, we'll need them to reach out to those, those carriers and say, hey, listen, I want to integrate these products. How do I do that? But we do have a REST API available on our site. And uh, so if anybody needs to pull from our information, we'd be more than happy to play well in the sandbox, whoever, you, whoever wants to. And, and we've had a few handful of conversations with, uh, with an organization called Razor, which is a financial planning software um, in Canada. They're coming well. on the show. <laughs> or I think yeah. by the time this airs, will they have aired? Yeah. So they will have either heard it or they will hear it shortly. But yeah, no, David Faulkner was in the other day. Yeah. So we plan on uh, introducing a, a modified version of our software for, uh, for the planners in Canada. Um, hopefully, you know, we can, we can do that by the... Uh, by June or July, that's kind of our goal uh, to streamline how that works. Um, you know, more will-based planning than it is more, um, you know, trust-based planning as it here is here in the U.S. And uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do partnering up with Razor and being able to have a, a really robust offering for uh, for advisors there. Excellent. So before we wrap up, a couple of the standard questions that I like to ask: If you had one wish of something you could change in the industry or with your company, what would it be? That's a one wish if I could change something in the industry. I would get, from an advisor standpoint, I would hope that advisors would start to embrace technology more, especially on the nuance, and to become more planning-centric and less product-centric. My wish as well. Very much one of them. Yep. And that only benefits your company because solutions like yours only add to that value add. 
So in starting this company, what was the biggest challenge you've experienced up to date? That's a spectacular question. The biggest challenge I had was, um, you know, I, I knew the advisor background to what we did. I did not know the attorney background of what I did. So I had to get help from others. But I basically, it wasn't like I had financial planning software to look at to say, hey, what did they do wrong? And what could I make better? I literally had to create the wheel of what I did. And not only did I have to create the wheel for advisors, I had to create the wheel for attorneys. So it's been a, a definite struggle just because of the type of platform that we have, who it services, and the complexities to estate planning, you know, from taxes to non-taxes. So just the whole entire build has taken us a long time. And then we're trying to change the way that people do business. So we're changing their mindset. So it has certainly been an uphill battle along the way. It continues to be, but, you know, we're growing and, uh, you know, we're getting more adoption. So uh, we like it. We like the challenge here. Well, you better because being an entrepreneur is nothing but it. <laughs> so yeah, excellent. That's, that's another podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could, yeah, literally, I could I could definitely populate a very interesting entrepreneur podcast just based off the people who've been on already. So, with that, the final question is: What excites you the most about what it is you're working on? What it is you see coming? What like what gets you out of bed in the morning that keeps you going and driving forward? Yeah, I shouldn't say death keeps me. It gets me up in the morning. <laughs> that might sound poor, right? Um, you know, no. Um, I'm a guy who grew up as a competitor had a full scholarship for uh, in college for tennis. And so my life has been built around competition. And so really what gets me out of bed is trying to make this a success, to make the way advisors estate plan and attorneys estate plan, to try to make it a better process for themselves and their clients. So I wake up every day with a challenge of doing what most people, most people fail at doing is, is starting a, a, a software and getting it to the point of where it's the best in the industry or it's well accepted in the industry and it's successful. That's certainly what keeps me out of bed. I can tell you that it's very humbling, you know, from an advisor standpoint, they always say the first $10 million is tough to get to, right? So I knew that when I got to my 10 million, it would be easier and it had gotten a lot easier. So, you know, of, of management, the client's assets. So that part, but starting something from scratch that doesn't exist to building it, to seeing it come to life, to people that use it, on a regular basis to make their lives better has been probably one of the biggest challenging but most rewarding things that I've ever done. Well, it is like giving birth <laughs> in a less painful yeah. way, but longer one. <laughs> and, and I think I, I want to say it might be more costly too, because, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, I know children are costly, but this one's really costly too. So, well, there's, um, a, there's a big delta between Canada and the U.S. when it looks at when you look at education costs. So I, I would argue that in your country, maybe, maybe it's not as costly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, yeah. and I just keep, you know, we keep going at it hard, you know, and uh, and eventually we will get to that point where we are the recognized name in estate planning. When people think of it, they think of our software first. Excellent. Well, so it's a lot. It's a great aspiration to have. So, yeah. Scott, with that, thank you very much for your time. This has been greatly appreciated, uh, and uh, thank, thank you, you also for. Oh, no, it's great. And thank you also for bringing a solution like this to Canada, because frankly, you've seen it already. Uh, we, we, we seriously lack uh, for digital solutions like you guys have in the U.S. So it's nice to see some of you guys moving north. Yeah, we welcome the opportunity. And uh, I tell you, we will, it's not a matter of whether we'll be there. It's a matter of when we get everything lined up to get there. So uh, stay yep. patient. Whoever's listening to this and, uh, and we'll, we'll bring it to you shortly. Yeah, and as soon as he lets me know, I will make sure it goes on the next episode. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. And, well, uh, and, th and thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks. Take care. Take care. So that was made with Scott Huff of Eurifolio. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, some good news for us in Canada. That software will be available in Canada hopefully come the summer. So uh, keep an eye out. I will let you guys know when it goes live. 
So as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. They really do matter towards other people discovering the podcast, so I sincerely appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Jason Pereira. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.